Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm really excited about this next part of your experience today. And I want to encourage you to, to be open to what God has for you today. I believe God's got a word just for you. It's not by coincidence that you're here today. And his word's going to speak to you. It's going to set you up. Whatever you've been going through, Kelsey, God is calling you to something greater and bigger. For his plans are to prosper you, not to harm you, and to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. And he's able to do above and beyond all that you can hope, imagine, or dream of according to the power within. Isn't that right, Kayla? Let's just pray. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for this space and this time and your grace. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for the beautiful worship. Thank you for your beautiful word. Lord, we didn't come today to play church. We came to be moved by you. And now, Lord, we open up our hearts. We open up our minds to hear from you. That you would move through us today. Lord, that we would recognize your voice. Lord, would you speak to us in the way that you do, with encouragement? Would you challenge us? We give you permission now, Lord, to where you want to take us. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, it's a real honor to introduce our speaker for today. Because in this house, I mentioned this before, we believe in the fivefold ministry. And part of that is raising up teachers. And we got some powerful teachers in the house of the Lord. And don't let her size fool you, because the next one, she's a firecracker, and she is full of the Holy Spirit. This girl can bring it. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please give it up for our worship pastor, Pastor Stephanie. Come on. Well, thank you for that amazing introduction. I just wanted to take a second and thank our pastors, Pastor Matt and Pastor Charmaine, for giving me that opportunity. It's definitely a different weight that you carry when you're going to share the word, when you're going to share the word with the church. And I really just honor the fact that they trusted me with that. And yeah, I'm excited to share with you guys. And I hope what I have to say to you, it's going to impact you guys in an amazing way. So get things started here right away. So you're going to preach with me, Kayla? Thank you. (laughs) Sounds great. I love it. Well, we're in week two of this Going Viral series, and it's been so awesome so far. I loved Pastor Matt's message last week. I'm going to chat a little bit about that in a second. But I just wanted to say that I'm going to take a little bit of a different route route. I don't know. I'm not really sure how you say that word, right? (laughs) I'm going to take a different route this week to start off the message. Last week, Pastor Matt started off with this awesome, really heartwarming viral video. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And then I was reminded of something that went viral. It's a little bit different. It was back in, I think it was May of 2018. And it was one word, this one simple little audio recording it went viral like it went everywhere and it divided families divided friends co-workers 
pretty much everyone on what exactly this word was. It was so confusing. But it was this ambiguity and just one person who posted it on Instagram that made this one little word go viral. So it went from Instagram to Reddit to YouTube all the way to Twitter and it just kind of blew up the internet in a crazy way. So you might know what I'm talking about, but if you don't, you will soon. So I'm going to ask the media team here in a second to play it for you guys. And then I'm going to do a poll on who heard what word. And you guys online, you're not exempt from this. I want you to write down in the chat what you heard because I want to hear it. So let's play the word a couple times and see what happens. Laurel. 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 Awesome. Okay, so that was the word. It's one word. So how many of you heard the word Yanny? Oh, we've got a few out there. Not that many. Okay, there's a, there's a few, so look around. Oh, another one here. Okay, yeah, there's some Yannies out there. <laughs> there's some Yannies. <laughs> All right, well, who heard the word Laurel? <laughs> okay, that's like, it's so weird, because I have heard that word played a couple of different times, and sometimes I hear Yanny, and then sometimes I hear Laurel. It's super weird. If you hear it a couple of times, like try playing it tomorrow and see what you hear. I'd love to hear. <laughs> I'd love to find out. But it just totally blew my mind when I had come across this again and I remembered how it had just like confused and divided people. And there is, I don't know if you guys remember the, the blue and gold dress thing. That was another one that went viral where people were like, no, it's blue. No, it's, it's gold and white. Like, what are you talking about? But I looked a little bit more into this and just kind of the science behind what's going on. And this word actually that was recorded, it was laurel, but the sounds for both words are present in it. So you're right, kind of whatever you heard. Um, but depending on your age, the frequencies you perceived, um, even the audio context before what you hear, and I don't know what that says about age, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna make any assumptions here. <laughs> on how old your ears are or whatever. <laughs> um, but like even what you heard before the word played, it can all play a part in what you hear. And so one researcher, he said that the recording exists in a perceptual boundary. So it all really just comes down to what you perceive, what your perception is. So perception is defined as a way of regarding, understanding or interpreting something. And I wonder, how often our perception has caused issues in the church. I just think about how we perceive something, and that's one thing, but when we start to assume things about other people, we can get ourselves into a lot of trouble. So my message today, it's focusing a lot on what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus and that whole process, but I do wanna bring it back at the end to where perception ties into that and how we as individuals have to be thoughtful of how we treat other people in the faith who are at different stages in their walk with God. So in this new message series about going viral, 
We've been learning about the power of the message of the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus Christ and how it has had the ability to stand the test of time. The word of God has proven to be timeless. It's the opposite of so many trends and fads that they, they're popular for like a couple weeks and then next month you can't even remember what was popular last month. Like, I don't know what's popular anymore. It changes so fast. <laughs> um, but if you're brand new here and if you missed Pastor Matt's message last week, I would really encourage you to go back and go online and listen to it so you can catch yourself up. But I do want to give you guys a little bit of context just so we all start off on the same foot. So Pastor Matt shared with us the great commission that Jesus gave to his disciples and to us as well that's found in Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20 where Jesus commissioned his followers to go out into all the world making disciples, baptizing them, and teaching them to obey his commandments. We learn that our direction is greater than our intention and how we have to be spirit-led instead of self-guided. We also learned about what our influence should be in this world, and that is to be imitators of Christ to those around us so that we can help them learn to be more like him, just like how we're learning every single day to be more like him. And then finally, we learn that obedience, it's, it's not an obstacle. Obedience is the objective. So 1 John 2, it reads that we truly love God only when we obey him as we should. And then we know we belong to him. So obedience to God and his word, it's an important part in the discipleship process, as we'll learn later. So as Pastor Matt shared about the Great Commission, we thought it would be a really great next step to just kind of dig into what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus. Initially, just becoming a disciple, it's pretty simple. It really is just beginning a relationship with him. So as Christians, and you're new here and you don't really know what this word means, we use a phrase in the Bible. It's called born again. And that's what it means to start a relationship with Jesus. You receive new life. You're born again when you accept him into your life. And so you begin the process of becoming a disciple. That's, that's just how basic it is. And that's exactly what it is from that point of salvation on. It's a process. And at the same time, I want to say that sometimes we call people babies in the faith and it's not a, we're not like putting you down. <laughs> we're not saying, oh, you baby, like my kids call each other. But we're saying that you're brand new in the faith. You just started. You're just like you're immature in your faith, but that's okay. But at the same time, we don't want to stay there forever. Eventually, and hopefully sooner than later, we're going to move forward in our walk with God and just continue to grow. So the scripture that I want to focus on this week, it's found in 1 John 2, verses 12 to 14. So let's read it together, and then we can look at the different stages that are outlined in the text. And I picked the Amplified Version just because it has a lot of meat in it. It's got those like parentheses, they've got a lot of stuff, but I think it really helps give context to what the word is saying. So that'll be up on the screen for you guys here right away. But it reads, I am writing to you, little children, believers, dear ones, because your sins have been forgiven for his name's sake. You've been pardoned and released from spiritual debt through his name because you have confessed his name, believing in him as savior. I am writing to you 
fathers, those believers who are spiritually mature, because you know him who has existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, those believers who are growing in spiritual maturity, because you have been victorious and have overcome the evil one. That's awesome. (laughs) I have written to you, children, those who are new believers, those spiritually immature, because you have come to know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has existed from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and vigorous, and the word of God remains always in you, and you have been victorious over the evil one by accepting Jesus as Savior. Such a powerful passage. I love reading that. So right away, we can see here that there are three different stages in the discipleship walk. We've got little children, young men, and fathers. And ladies, I see you all too. We're a part of this as well. So that's young women, mothers, and so on. But I want to break this down a little bit on how this process might look if we had a picture of it. So they're going to throw that up on the screen for you guys right away. There it is. It's beautiful. So we start out born again. We move on to little children, we move up to young men, to fathers, and then notice that it's not just a line, it's not just a linear thing, this is a cycle, and I'll talk a little bit more about why it's a cycle later on. So before we're even in this whole process, we have to start our relationship with Jesus to become born again. So that brings me to my first point, become little children by being born again. It's really that simple. That's all it takes to become a disciple of Jesus. It begins with starting a relationship with him. And after that, we're still in this process of becoming. We're becoming who God has created us to be. We're developing our foundational beliefs. We're learning how to build a relationship with and an understanding of God. All of this we do with the help of those around us, with our church family. So we all start out as little children in our walk with God. No matter how long you've been in the faith before, you were there at one time, and so was I. And I think it's good sometimes to remember that and just take a second to remember that, you know what, I didn't always know what I know. And if you haven't started a relationship with Jesus yet, you're in the right place to learn about exactly what that's going to look like. Now think about a toddler or a little child. There's so much they don't know about this great big world that they've come into. They don't know how to feed themselves. They make so many messes, like constantly are just making messes everywhere they go. (laughs) And they really just, they don't know what they don't know. I'm a mom, I have, my husband and I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old. And wow, they are so much work. Like seriously, little kids are a lot of work. I feel like maybe they tell you that before you have kids, but you don't really realize it until you're taking care of them and you're trying to keep them from running into the street or eating things they shouldn't and so on. It's, it's crazy and it's busy and they're just, they don't know. They need to be taught so many life skills, like how to treat those around them, what is right and what is wrong even just how to feed themselves, those basic skills. They just don't know how to do that yet. And I think we aren't really that much different when we first start a relationship with Jesus. 
We often we don't know how to study God's word. We don't know how to talk to God, how to engage with other believers. It's all completely brand new. Mistakes are going to be made because, like I said, we don't know what we don't know. We need to be taught how to get into God's word, how to develop healthy spiritual disciplines and practices, even how to pray. So here at College Street, one of the first steps to getting that kind of support is through joining a connect group. It's really that simple. Our connect groups here at College Street really focus on learning how to dig into God's word in a deeper way. And we also, we pray together. We take that time so that if you've never prayed before, we show you how to do it and we show you how easy it is to talk to God. It doesn't have to be big fancy words. It doesn't have to be complicated. You're just talking to Jesus. So we teach you how to do that. And also you just get the opportunity to develop relationships and friendships with each other that help you along in this discipleship journey, in this walk with God. We also want to see people joining serve teams at this point too. I feel like that is one of the best ways that you can grow in your walk with God. It's serving one another. And you get to make connections with others that way too, that last years and years, if not a lifetime. So that brings me to the next step in the discipleship process, and that is developing into young men and women of God. And so develop, that's kind of the key word here. So now that we've had other men and women of God that come alongside us, they've taught us how to read the word, how to pray, how to grow in our relationship with God, it's time for us to start doing it on our own. So just take a second and think about a teenager now. They're getting to the point of being very self-sufficient. They can feed themselves. And I have been told, I don't have teenagers in my home, but I've been told that teenage boys can feed themselves very well and feed themselves a lot. <laughs> so they know how to do that. And they're usually pretty good at just taking care of themselves in general. I mean, usually they shower sometimes and do those things that you're supposed to do as a responsible human being. <laughs> But it's the same like for Christians at this stage too. We've kind of gotten to that point where we don't need to be fed the word of God. We don't need people to be telling us what to do, but we are able to and responsible for reading it for ourselves. And there is a higher level of responsibility. I think about my four-year-old son, Phoenix, and the amount of responsibility I put on him is very different than it is on what I would put on an 18-year-old or a 17-year-old boy and the expectations are very different. Like, he could not survive an hour without me, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but I'm hoping by the time he's 18, he can do a lot on his own and survive days without his mom <laughs> in his life. But anyways, just talking about the level of responsibility is very different. And so we're solely responsible for our actions at that point and how we react to other people and how what we do impacts those around us. Think about my son again and how if he makes a mistake, he's little, he's growing, he's learning. But when an 18-year-old makes a mistake, it's a little bit different because the expectation on them is different. There's still grace, there's still forgiveness, but those consequences, they need to carry those and they need to work through those. And so I think about that spiritually. That's something we need to remember. When we're a teenager, we're a young man in the faith, we've got to think about how our actions impact those around us. 
And this doesn't mean that we don't still need people around us to speak into our lives. That's still super important. But we have grown to that point where we don't have to be spoon-fed anymore. And we need to step forward in our faith on our own two feet. (laughs) So another verse that came to mind when I was putting this teaching together was Hebrews 5, verses 13 to 14. And it reads, For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. They just don't know. But solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So I feel like this ties in so well with verse 14 of the other passage in 1 John regarding young men and how they're, they're strong and vigorous. The word of God remains in them. Like it says in Psalm 119.11, they've hidden the word away in their heart that they might not sin against God. Yeah, that's right. They know the word, so they know how to fight the temptations of this world and how to make better decisions. This ties in really well with our next step. We always share next steps here at College Street. We have connect, grow, and invite. And I feel like this grow is perfect for this. They're growing where they're reading the word daily. They know the word. It is in their heart, so it helps them make better decisions. And they've developed the discipline of giving and practicing generosity too. Those are all ways that we grow in our walk with God and in trusting him. So this brings me to the last stage that's mentioned in 1 John 2 and how we need to reproduce to become fathers and mothers. So reproduce, that's kind of the key word here. The last stage in this process, it's not just to become mature in your own faith, but to see others continue on on their discipleship walk as well. To introduce others to a relationship with Jesus and to come alongside them in their discipleship walk as they go from little children in the faith to young men to fathers and mothers. And this is where inviting people to church is so important And it's how this whole discipleship process, it's a cycle, like I said. It's that circle. It's not just a straight line. It continues going on and on. And that is exactly how the gospel of Jesus has gone viral for centuries. Like, centuries. For 2,000 years, people have been training others up, and they've been releasing them to train others up. And on and on and on this cycle goes. That's why Christianity is still the largest faith in the entire world. It has 2.2 billion people. That's 32% of the population identify themselves as Christ followers. That's amazing. Like, that's awesome. And we're going to continue believing that that number will keep climbing as the cycle of reproduction continues on and as the gospel continues to spread all across the world and our communities. There's something that I was thinking about that I wanted to share, and I think about the moms and dads in this room, and not just the ones spiritually, but the moms and dads who have little ones in their life. And I think about the fact that, you know what, you are discipling your children. You are discipling them. You're helping them grow in their walk with God. You're helping them through that process in a really applicable, straightforward way. And you do what you can when they're little children. 
And then they get to that point where they're young men and they're young women and they have to make their own decisions. And I think it can be really hard sometimes when they don't make the decisions that you would like them to. But at the same time, I believe that all of that work that you put into them, it's not in vain. It's never in vain. Because discipling those little people, that's honestly the greatest calling that anyone could have. I really do believe that. It's so important to be able to disciple the people in your life and the children in your life. So I don't want you to discount yourself. If you're a mom and a dad and you're, you're so busy with these little people and you're like, I feel like I haven't been doing as much as I should be, you're doing a lot. You're raising up little people that are gonna be life changers and world changers and all of that. And so I just want to encourage you. It's hard work. It's not easy. But God has gifted you for that. And he loved you enough to give you that opportunity to do that. And I know that some of us were spiritual mothers and fathers too. We might not have children of our own, but that's not less important. Both of those are so important to be able to walk out in your life. So before I close, I wanted to revisit this whole idea of perception like I brought up at the beginning. I think it's so important that we, as believers, are conscious of where others are at in their walk with God. Here at College Street, we love to see people come in who've never been to church before, or you're brand new in your walk with God. We love that. And we love seeing you guys here too who have a long-standing relationship with God. But I think we need to remember that the expectations on someone who has not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior yet, or someone who's brand new to the faith, is very different than it is for those who are spiritually mature. For those of you who are still kind of figuring out this whole church faith thing, I want you to be able to come here just as you are. We all want that. And there are no expectations on you for how you dress, how you talk, even how much you should know about God in the Bible. You don't even have to own a Bible to come here, but we will give you one if you want one. (laughs) We've got them for you. But I want you to understand too that this does go both ways. I believe we can often have a perception of those who have been in the church for a long time and think like, well, they must be spiritually mature. Like they must know everything that there is to know. But that's not always the case. And I'm not trying to say this to be judging, but to just shed a little bit of truth. Someone can be a Christian for a long time and still expect to be given milk instead of meat. I know that's a little harsh, but I believe that self-reflection is a really important tool for growth. It's something I got to use on my own life often. But ask yourself, Am I a part of a connect group or or even a serve team where I can encourage little children or young men and women in the faith to help them grow in their walk with God? Am I feeding myself or am I just expecting other people or my pastor to feed me? Just straight up. Something we got to think about. Have I been judging new believers or people who don't know Jesus when I should be encouraging them? and lifting them up. So this brings me to my takeaway today. And it's a statement and it's a question. Discipleship is a process. What part do I have to play in it? 
I think it's really important that we ask that and we just think about that. But here at College Street, we always want to give people an opportunity to start our relationship with this Jesus I've been talking about. I hope I've given you a little bit of an idea about what this whole discipleship process looks like and how easy it is. It's so simple. We just got to believe. 2,000 years ago, Jesus, the Son of God, he came down to earth, our earth. He lived a perfect, completely sinless life which was an example of how we should all live our lives, or at least strive to live our lives. And because he adored us and he loved us so much, he died a horrible, humiliating, painful death on a cross. And he brought all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our brokenness, our imperfections, all of it. He brought it all on himself. And he died for you and for me. He died for all of us. But you know what? That isn't the end of the story. After they buried him down into the ground, three days later, he rose again. And he declared victory over sin and death. So I just want to take a moment and lead you all through a prayer so that you can begin a relationship with Jesus. You don't even know how much he loves you. He loves you so, so much. And he wants to be in relationship with you. So let's all bow our heads and let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again, declaring victory over sin and death. I admit that I have sinned, but I am ready to start a new life right here, right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we just take a moment, just keep our heads bowed. Just let me know, just put up your hand if you felt like anything from God's word, if it spoke to you today. Thank you. Thank you. All right, well, every, while everybody's heads are still bowed and their eyes are still closed, I just want to ask, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time and you meant it with your whole heart and you're starting a relationship with Jesus, just raise up your hand. All right, thank you. Well, you know, whenever somebody comes to Christ, There's a party up in heaven. So let's give it up for Jesus and for life change. All right, well, another thing here at College Street we always want to give people the opportunity for is baptism. 
So baptism, it's a public declaration of your faith, but it's also more than that. It's deeper than that. It's an act of leaving behind the past in the past where it should be. When you go down in the water, you are dying to the past and you're leaving your sin, your brokenness, your shame, guilt, all of it. You're leaving it behind. It stays there dead in the water. And when you come back out again, you can move forward with new life, knowing that the past is dead and gone. So we want to give you guys that opportunity. As a band, we're going to sing another song. We're just going to continue praising our amazing God. But our pastor, Pastor Matt, he's going to be here waiting for you to come on down. So come on, come down at any point during the song and we'll baptize you right away. I know some churches do things a little bit differently where it takes a bit longer, but that's, it's not how we do things here. We do believe that if you have made that decision to start a relationship with Jesus, that you are ready for baptism. So yeah, come on down and we'll just continue worshiping God together. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time. Thank you.